0: Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everybody is well. This week, I am joined by GameChuck, who have worked on Interactive Comics. And now they are currently working on their most ambitious project to date, Trip the Arc Fantastic. This is a unique, original, possibly first of its kind game which is an immersive story driven scientific adventure set in the animal kingdom on the verge of industrial and social revolution. This game is also the first game from Croatia which was co-funded with the support of the European Union's Creative Europe Media Programme. So GameChuck spoke to me about what exactly makes this game original, they spoke about the gameplay mechanics, they spoke about the characters and the story and the art style all without any spoilers of course, they also spoke about why they decided to hire a composer so early on in development, and they also spoke about why they decided to make their game engine open source, and how they hope this can help other game developers. Now, first, here is a trailer of the game, followed by our interview, so please enjoy. Make no mistake, Charles. What I ask of you now is no mere
1: whim. Everything we hold dear, the peace you've cherished, our tranquil stability, and all our great works are but a lull in the chaos of history. Under our homes and under our hearths, civilization itself stands on a story. I pray when you are out there, outside the fold, beyond the reach of Empire, you remember your charge. Find it, Charles. Uphold the myth. Words tied us all together,
0: and they could unravel the I'm here with the developers at GameChuck, and they are Croatian developers. They are here to talk about their new game, Trip the Ark Fantastic. So, right. hello guys, how are you today? Uh, we're great, thank you for um, inviting us to your podcast. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm delighted to have you guys on. I'm really looking forward to finding out more about the game. As I mentioned to you before, it, it looks great and it has uh, it's a really interesting gameplay mechanics, which I'm looking forward to finding out more. Um, so before we start talking about the game itself, I was wondering if you guys would like to introduce yourselves, first of all, and say what other things maybe you have worked on and what your role is within the company? Uh, okay, my name is Jan
2: Juracic. Uh, I'm the lead writer for Trip the Fantastic. Yeah, uh, and I've worked
3: for the company, well, since one april yeah, like yeah formally but un- informally longer than that we've worked yes. on uh, uh, one of our uh, point and click adventures before that vape escape yes uh, uh which is out on steam now for free
2: uh and it's um it's a point-and-click adventure in the format of an interactive comic book so when you make decisions in the game uh, you click on things interact with objects instead of animations new panels come in and at the end of the comic book, you actually get the opportunity to print it out as a PDF so, which shows all the, uh, all the decisions you made during the comic book. So every, um, every, every playthrough comes out as a comic. Uh,
3: which is a bit different, yeah. This yeah. is something that we try to innovate with the & Click Adventures. And it,
2: it, there have been a, we have published a couple of uh, of these. Uh, yes,
3: yes. There's also the one that I wrote, uh, All You Can Eat, which is also on Steam. Uh, I'm Alex. Uh, I'm uh, uh, also part of Gamechuck, uh, one of the, the founding members, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I, I love these Point and Click adventures. Played them since I was a kid. Uh, uh, actually worked in a, a, another studio. I developed uh, uh, also one of uh, one of. Uh, a quirky small adventures uh, called Victor, a steampunk adventure. Uh, then went on to uh, like make game check, you know, and make uh, make adventures uh, um, uh, that are completely our ideas, you know. Uh, so we made this all you can eat game, which is a small interactive comic. We made uh, another one called Vape Escape with Jan, and uh, it started rolling, you know. These uh, point and click adventures were uh, interesting. We uh, um, and we applied for some uh, funding, got it. And uh, we decided to make something, uh, you know, bigger, you know, bigger than a, than a small 30-minute point-and-click adventure, which we did so far. Uh, now we wanted to make like a, a long, sprawling 30-hour epic. <laughs> yes, okay, that's me. And then Pete is uh, right next to me.
1: Hello, so uh, I'm Pete Bronders. Uh, I'm the lead developer for Kept Fantastic. So I'm responsible for uh, programming everything and making sure that all the assets come together in hopefully uh, a beautiful way.
0: Well, well, that's that's about uh, yeah,
3: and and yeah, the three of us are actually let's say uh, some kind of a core team for this uh, in terms of uh, in terms of writing, definitely. You know, in terms of art, not at all. (laughs) So there's a whole uh, another crew uh, who is not here with us now, which is like four artists, uh, like background artist, character artist, uh, animator, concept artist. Yeah, Um, but let's say the three of us uh, really. Develops this idea, you know, uh, in narrative in a narrative sense.
0: Right. So you guys come up with the main idea for this game, and so the three kind of main guys from the beginning.
3: <laughs> yes, and... definitely. Uh, uh Pete and I wrote the the idea uh, uh, in the application for the European grant that we got. So this game is actually the first and only uh, game that got. Uh, the Creative Europe uh, fund in, for, for video games. In Croatia. In Croatia. The first only game in Croatia that got it. Of course, other games in Europe have gotten this fund before. <laughs> of course, we are not the <laughs> only <laughs> This fund is not open only for us. Yes. Um, yeah, but uh, and Pete and I wrote uh, uh, a big, big chunk of the story for the application. Uh, it, it obviously was very good for them, and we got the funds. And uh, then Jan uh, started writing on it. Uh, and uh, he's been writing on it uh, for many months now, and it's really like uh, um, not not only a sketch anymore; it's already very uh, beefed up with a lot of uh, uh, materials, dialogues, and so yes. on.
0: Yeah. First of all, congratulations on receiving the the award or the, the grant, being the first company in Croatia uh, to receive that. That's uh, well, it's an achievement by itself. That obviously, obviously, you impressed the people. There and the, it's the EU, I believe, then, who gave you the grant. So obviously, we're doing something well. Um, so, and so, I, really I can fighting grants or else. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, maybe it's a horrible story, but we just packaged it well, you know. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, we'll ta- will talk about the story, I guess, so yeah. you can decide, you know, <laughs> what you yeah. think about its uh, innovation, innovative aspects, and so on.
0: Yeah, no, as as I mentioned uh from what I read of it it certainly sounds very interesting it sounds very interesting and very unique as well very different to anything else that's out there so I can see why it piqued our interest and I can see why people would want to know oh, what well, tell us more we really want this game to be made and um and before we start talking about your game what I asked some developers as well is If you could tell me as well, do you have any favorite adventure games? So you all mentioned you love the point-and-click adventure genre, and so we can start. uh, Yeah, so you want? I believe. Yeah. uh, Um, Jan, I believe. Yeah. No, I might get your names wrong. Apologies if I do. Jan Jan is great. Yeah. No no worries. Um, So, you know,
2: uh, I haven't played a lot of the the sort of classic uh, point-and-click adventure games, but I. You know, whenever someone asks me this question, I always think of Lucas Pope's um, uh, Paper spleets. Yes. uh, Which is uh, most definitely a narrative game with an innovative and very kind of surprising mechanic. The idea that that being a a border patrol officer or or a border officer could be any kind of fun, let alone a, a good medium for delivering a story, you know, was a complete... Surprise and a very pleasant one too, and um, so th- that's the sort of thing I think of when I, or, or for instance, her story, which is mm-hmm. also uh, an amazing narrative um, a game. That's that's the kind of thing uh, I always have in the back of my mind when I'm uh, thinking about good stories in, in games uh, because it, uh, this this is these are examples that uh, really. Um, leverage the powers of the medium. Uh, They're not, you know, there are games with great stories that could have been told as a movie uh, or or as a series, Uh, you know, The New God of War or The Witcher, which now is getting (laughs) produced as a series. Mm -hmm. But there are some stories that can only be told in the form of games. And the other and the other inspirations are clearly uh, old-school CRPGs. So uh, fall, the original Fallout's, Arcanum, uh, Baldur's
3: Gate, um, and so on, and, and so, so on. <laughs> yes. uh, for me, definitely, uh, I would mention also uh, if we're on the topic of RPGs, uh, Planescape, which is yeah. a, which is a, a good example of how you can make a, um, a role-playing game or any kind of a, like a story-driven game with uh, with deep themes. You know, mm-hmm. um, because I grew up. Uh, Not playing Planescape. I I didn't know about it until uh, I was in my student years, you know. Uh, I just somehow slipped, you know. Um, And uh, I grew up playing Monkey Island, uh, LucasArts games, Sierra games. And uh, these games are quirky, you know. They have these uh, weird uh, scenarios uh, that happen to you. I don't know, Torrance Quest and stuff like that, you know. Um, These scenarios... uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's all fun, you know, Ah, let's combine two items in my inventory and uh, make something weird, you know, and that's how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass this quest, um, which is great, I love this genre, you know, uh, there are also serious uh, additions, I love the broken sword and so on, yeah, uh, uh, but I wouldn't say this uh, was the inspiration for Arc Fantastic as much, because we're, <laughs> unlike our previous games, like all of our previous games are uh, comedies, which are like heavily influenced by by the, the comedy aspect of the genre, but uh, but with this one we're trying to be more serious. So uh, a good inspiration would be something like Planescape, uh, something like maybe uh, uh, uh games like uh, uh, like Broken Sword or uh, the um, Gabriel Knight games, where you actually are. Uh, it's it's a little bit darker atmosphere, you know. But uh, on the other hand, we still retain the the graphical aspect of. Uh, of um, of a nice vibrant uh, world so if you check out the the art it uh, it really reminds of uh, curse of Monkey Island for example or or old classical animation you know stuff like that so, so these could be maybe inspirations uh, at least uh, subliminally you know <laughs> uh, one uh, great uh, game that I really loved uh, was from 98 uh, Grim fandango also from uh, Lucas arts um, yeah, it's it's difficult to say if these are really inspirations, since we didn't really copy anything from them, you know? But they're definitely, like, built us as gamers and probably influenced the, the way we think about games, you know?
0: Sure. Yeah, no, all great games and... Yep. <laughs> Your own uh, inspirations?
1: No, I think everything has been said already by you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next so. time you're going to start. No, man, it's
1: Okay. I'm making... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think all, all great games, and particularly you mentioned, uh, yeah, the Lucas Pope's games, Papers, Please, and Obra Dinn, which was released last year as well, yes. and then, of course, Monkey Island, Broken Sword as well, but it's, it's true about your mm-hmm. game that it seems to be, as I, as I mentioned at the beginning of this uh, interview, this episode, that it seems to be very different to anything else out there, <laughs> that it's hard to kind of pinpoint it to say, is it like this or like this? No, it's... Doesn't seem to be like anything else. <laughs> um, this has actually produced some I- issues with us in the office. We
2: can't quite figure out what to call it. Yes,
3: yeah, so we, we're calling it role-playing adventure. So we just can't decide <laughs> whether it's a role-playing game it's an adventure, but it's neither, actually. So it has some elements, obviously. Um, um, the elements of role-play would be uh, you go to a city, there are quests, side quests. Uh, you take them on, you try to solve them, you're like a, like a small little hero of this town, you know, you know, classic stuff uh, from yeah. RPGs. And you make moral
2: decisions or sometimes strategic decisions, but, you know, no numbers go up. There's no... Uh, it's not like you finish a quest and
3: get a level and then put points into wisdom. Uh, I mean... Yeah, it's more uh, subtle, it's more subtle. So, so uh, the main character is a, a scientist, and we tried to uh, do what all the great games uh, that Jan mentioned, you know, do, and that's uh, make the gameplay reflect this, you know? So uh, in, our, in our story, the, the scientist is uh, actually writing uh, uh, scientific arguments and uh, publishing them, and this is how you solve quests. So you don't uh, kill goblins or whatever. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you, you actually um, figure out all the, all the evidence to some certain quest, you know, uh, or, or a mystery, And you combine them in an interesting way, in a way that you think makes sense. And then you uh, choose from a list of conclusions, the conclusions that you think are relevant, and you publish it, you know. And if your evidence was great, if your conclusions were uh, logical to the evidence that you uh, decided to put in your paper, uh, then uh, tomorrow, when it comes out in the papers, you know, and then every animal in the animal kingdom reads this, um, uh, your reputation as a scholar goes up and they believe you and... uh, and the quest is solved, you know. Um, I would give an example, but I don't know how others would feel about uh, spoiling some quest, which could um, I don't know discourage quest or something.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: it's sure, very short sure. And sure, easy sure, to sure. We,
2: we could, uh, you know.
0: Uh,
2: typically, you would you would uh, you would get parts of these clues or, or pieces of evidence, by either talking to people or examining. Um, some place and you know the physical evidence there, and it gets cataloged in a journal, and then you would sort of link them up in a way that produces possible interpretations, which you then sort of branches off as you make conclusions. These become evidence themselves, and you sort of form um, a thesis. Uh, and if this thesis is sensible, which of course we'll, we'll still need a lot of testing to make sure this. Works as intended, then uh, the reaction to it is good. So this is a, a thing of, uh, well, uh, this is a question of, um, uh, you know, you present with some sort of mystery, which which is either, um, for instance, one of the first, one of the first quests, as we're planning it now, revolves around a, uh, a, a ghost haunting a squirrel village, and as you as you talk to the people who um, witnessed it, you realize that uh, oh, they... uh, Every one of them has had a piece of jewelry stolen. And not only a piece of jewelry stolen, but a piece of jewelry stolen that they left out in the open, right? So all these... uh, They're all convinced that the the ghost was haunting them, but it was in fact stealing things, which suddenly puts a damper on the whole supernatural
3: aspect uh, to the theory. And then you... You also find some evidence, you find the black feather and then you uh, uh, figure out there's a bird with a black feather in town, you know, and then you write in your uh, uh, journal, you know, maybe this bird was actually uh, stealing, you know, and it's even better if you can produce evidence, you know, like a picture or something. And then you uh, attach this to your journal and uh, publish this and tomorrow everybody says, ah, it was a bird. How interesting. What a great scientist. She saved our village from a fake ghost, you know, and then the mayor congratulates you and so on and so on, you know, you get some money, Uh, classical RPG stuff, Uh, but the puzzles are similar also to point and click games where you have to like go through like uh, thousands of lines of branching dialogues, sift through everything. But the difference is that uh, when you talk to people, these things that they tell you are catalogued, and you can use them later as like uh, evidence. Like, oh, Mabel told me that uh, she uh, thought that the ghost looked uh, like a white blanket. (laughs) You know? Maybe it's someone wearing a white blanket.
2: (laughs) Uh, But but these these, uh, examples are are a bit beside the point, because the real difference, the, the substantial difference, is that in a typical adventure RPG, when you're solving a mystery, it's actually solved by... When you collect all the evidence, it's actually solved by the uh, the design of the game itself you know you simply uh, at the crucial moment a piece of dialogue appears because you've collected all the evidence and it makes a conclusion even though you as the player might not have reached that conclusion this doesn't happen in Trip the Arc Fantastic because you have to connect the relevant evidence you know
3: one yourself, 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 and then to produce the conclusion. and then you're also like confronted with a possible interpretation of this. So yes. you have like a, a branching uh, tree of possible conclusions. Exactly. And then you can also be a very stupid player and choose the wrong conclusion. <laughs> oh, this ghost really likes material things. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. So uh, okay, but this was a funny quest. But uh, there are a lot of like um, historical quests, uh, scientific quests where you do some botany. Uh, there's a village who has some uh, illness. Then you use your microscope to figure out. Uh, um, how to solve the uh, this problem? Is that in, something in the water, and so on and so on.
2: You, you track who got sick when, who interacted with you're, who, and like what. You're like a regular point.
3: scientist. You're like yeah. a regular yeah. scientist. Yeah. And, and this makes sense, right? If you're, in the story you're a scientist, the gameplay should reflect this. Yes. Yeah. This 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 would be nice if we uh, managed to do it. Yeah. And um, but we were talking a lot about gameplay actually, and we mentioned a little bit about the fact that uh, this is the animal kingdom. Maybe you could tell us about the, the story as well?
0: Yes, but. I was about to ask you, because uh, we spoke about the gameplay, but if you wanted to speak, uh, uh, P. Piet, is it? <laughs> uh, if you wanted to, or whoever, uh, to talk about, because we haven't heard from you very much, Piet, yet. <laughs> um, yeah, these guys are doing good. So. <laughs> they're doing very well. I'm, I'm getting more and more interested. It's in very... You know, specific details, examples of the game as well. But now you mentioned it's part of the Animal Kingdom. So what can you tell us about the story and about the setting of the game itself? So why are you out doing these quests and why are you doing these experiments as well? So what's the setup that you can reveal without having people shout, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler? (laughs) But okay. I can...
3: <laughs> it's about the journey. I would spoil everything, actually. Like, <laughs> I just tell them the beginning, the middle, and the end,
0: and yeah, no. have them played for the uh, yeah. That's not a typical approach, though. But yes. Go so, ahead. so may- maybe uh, I don't know. Whoever wants to give maybe just a very, very beginning or whatever you guys wish. It's your interview. So. <laughs> okay. Sure. So
1: uh, the animal kingdom uh, is based on a myth. A myth that long ago there was this huge ark with all the animals on it. Uh, and the lions the lions were on top and uh, due to the, the guidance of the lions the ark did not fall into anarchy and all the animals survived and at some point of course the waters receded and the animals were able to go on land and because the lions were such great uh, rulers uh, it was decided that from uh, Densford uh, lions should always be the, the ruling class uh, now the problem is that this entire society is based on this myth and the animals are getting a bit more educated, uh, there are a lot more scientists than uh, like a few hundred years ago and uh, they are starting to question this myth like does it actually make sense that there was this huge ark? and uh, well we should check this actually if this ark is real or not. So what the king does, uh, well he uh, sends for uh, for you Charles. And this is a big propaganda uh, trick actually. He wants to uh, choose you, Uh, you're the son of a well-known scientist. And a well-known scientist yourself. And a well-known scientist yourself, of course, to uh, search for this arc and in the end find this arc and therefore uh, stop all the uh, possible rebellions and possible chaos that would uh, destroy the kingdom yeah. entirely.
3: I would just explain the the reason uh, of, of the reasoning of the king. So, uh, like, if someone with a great reputation as a scientist were to find somewhere in a jungle or somewhere uh, this uh, ark, you know, uh, which which was uh, home to all the animals during some great flood, uh, uh, which happened during, according to myths thousands of years ago, then. Uh, um, Then uh, this whole uh, idea of the hierarchy of the lions on top and so on uh, would have more credence, you know, if this story were true and uh, corroborated by a great scientist, you know. yeah, this this uh, this is his gambit, you know, so uh, uh, there are a lot of forces. Uh, the, the, the period is like the 18th century, you know, so it's a little bit getting industrialized, you know, if you remember, I don't know, well, if you remember, <laughs> if you were there in the, the era, right, before the French Revolution, you know, it was uh, really uh, 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 yeah, like uh, people are getting educated, there are uh, scholars, uh, uh, enlightenment uh, philosophers, uh, writing about different ways to organize society, there is a uh, a democratic tendency among some of them, an anarchic tendency among some of them. And, uh, yeah, of course, if you're uh, part of the ruling class, this doesn't appeal to you, you know? And uh, and the king uh, really wants to, uh, like, uh, stay a king. And um, it's not as black as white, which I don't personally like, black and white stories. Uh, So we made the king actually a very, very good guy. So he is a a monarch, a king, but uh, an enlightened one, you know? He brought... uh, Education to the masses. He uh, uh, stopped the tyranny that uh, that uh, was part of the animal kingdom before. He's really a lenient ruler. Um, funds uh, the arts, funds science, and so on. Uh, so yeah, it, and, and he's a good family friend of you as a, <laughs> as the player. <laughs> so you have all these great reasons to help him stay in power. But then there is the the whole political and philosophical argument that um, that you. Actually, explore during the game. So you meet uh, uh, a tiger who is a very rich duke um, who uh, who is who keeps uh, gathering um, other uh, animals of let's say higher castes and uh, telling them that uh, maybe the society was better if uh, if there was no uh, uh, king, but if they actually elected uh, some kind of a chancellor or something, you know, uh, among themselves, you know, and being a charismatic and intelligent and uh, a uh, very uh, uh, capable uh, man himself, this tiger actually, uh, animal, a capable animal, uh, this tiger actually, yeah, uh, um, is leading a big, big uh, force which might actually uh, overthrow the king. So this is one side of the story. And there are, of course, a lot of animals who are uh, without actually a leader, but very disgruntled, you know, uh, in poor working conditions, uh, poor social conditions. Uh, uh, well, just imagine the 18th century, you know, like beginning of industrialization an and so on. Uh, and they actually, uh, yeah, they, they don't really care about all these uh, uh, big felines, big cats uh, uh, ruling, you know. They just want something, uh, uh, they just want to be like, uh, um, without someone uh, um, having power over them, you know. And th- th- this philosophy on, of anarchism, also uh, uh, is brewing, you know, in the kingdom, especially among the lower castes. And you're in the middle of all this, you know, and your your quest, which is a quest of, uh, of mild scientific and historical importance on the first glance, you know, you're trying to find some object uh, that's interesting for, from a mythological perspective, but actually it proves to be the center of this uh, giant conflict and uh, your decisions, like for example, Maybe you report that you didn't find this arc, and you did. Or maybe you didn't find the arc, and you report that you did find it, you know? And uh, I'm just, okay. it's not a spoiler. I just said all the possible (laughs) options. (laughs) Um, So uh, the the point is that uh, deciding these things uh, actually changes the the course of society. Because as the game progresses, you get more and more reputation as a scientist and animals in the kingdom. Start really, really believing what you say, and uh, your word holds weight. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the that's the story. In short, yes.
2: And no so, so there is a, much, yeah. So there's a tension going on here between uh, finding out scientific truths and the repercussions these truths produce in society. So uh, you know there will be. Many small moments that will, you know, they seem like you've just solved some mystery, but the way you've solved it will uh, will affect someone's life right? and eventually will affect everyone's life. So uh, yeah,
1: so every week uh, in the game, I guess, there will be uh, the royal newspaper and in this royal newspaper, the uh, report that you make will be published, but also there will be uh, sections about what is happening in the world, right? So if you uh, save some uh, some species from uh, going sick, then this will be in the in this journal, and we hope that in that way the, the player really uh, uh, sees what impact he is making on this world. Yes, uh, and the game so it 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 has
2: um, uh, it, it's real time in the sense that time is slowly passing through the game as you travel, read books, just interact in the world. And uh, there's a timeline that's going on in the background of uh, uh, essentially a timeline yeah. of, pol- of political and social events. Yes. And your actions uh, seemingly very indirectly, but uh, in, a, in a tangible way, uh, uh, intervene in these, uh,
3: uh, in these events. Right. Yeah, so to be more concrete, for example, if you keep writing great things about the monarchy in your reports. Like if every report uh, is like, wow, I've been to this city, it's great. The king is doing a great job. I mean, this is not scientific, but for example, uh, y- yeah, I mean, uh, uh, this would uh, uh, this would hinder uh, the tiger's plans, for example, to uh, try and overthrow the king right. and, uh, and so on. So the timeline can be skewed a bit, uh, changed, certain events could uh, uh, unfold differently and so on. Or, or on the other hand, if it turns out that...
2: Uh, uh, some piece of uh, investigation revealed that a revered hero uh, uh, of the lions was actually a war criminal that might also throw a wrench in,
3: might on the other hand throw a wrench into the monarchist's claim. Yeah, Um, Yeah, but you have to remember of course uh, who pays your expedition and resources actually (laughs) come into play at a certain point, you know. Uh, There there is no violence, nobody will send someone to kill you, these are all good guys, Mm -hmm. you know, they just have different ideologies and... uh, uh, who should uh, rule, the, uh, rule the kingdom and why. So there will be no assassins sent to kill you, you oh, know. Yeah. E- even though you have a captain of the Royal Guard with you just to keep you safe, just in case. But this is not that kind of game, you know. You, you don't die in this game.
0: It's uh, not Assassin's Creed, then. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no. yes,
2: There's no... Uh, you, you never have to fight anyone in a duel, and, yeah, you don't... So you, no one sends assassins in the middle of the night, so... Um, yeah I mean this is one of the reasons why we also had a problem with marketing it as a or, or even explaining to ourselves how this is an RPG because you know combat is well even even in the RPGs where combat is really unnecessary like um,
3: PlaneScape torment there's
2: still
0: yeah, you know, uh, there's still combat. There's still yeah. combat. There's I mean, there's
3: Bard's Tale, for example. Right. Yeah. But uh, even if we manage to find uh, an RPG that doesn't have combat, it definitely has a skill system. You know, yes. and experience points. <laughs> uh, but you know, to, to, if you ask me, this is—I mean, this is a bit of a, an academic discussion. But uh,
2: you know, role-playing—you know—progression and skills are not actually fundamental to what role-playing games mean. Right. When when you think about games like Dungeons & Dragons or something, like most people play them so they can play a role, they can play a character, so they can make decisions and act in a certain way with, with a certain coherence to the envisioned character. And in that sense, this really is a role-playing game because almost everyone you meet, and I mean almost everyone you meet, will at some point uh, bring you to a point where you would have to announce some opinion on matters mundane or you know or important right so um the game is constantly just trying to to, to get your stance on you know politics superstition you know uh, the importance of ritual or whatever you know just these, these small little questions that, that that let you or big big questions or big like questions. Uh, how is um, society how should society should be ordered yeah that are here to to sort of let the player investigate these things for themselves for for themselves, right? So, um, in that sense, it really is an RPG. You're playing a specific character, but how, but forming their opinion and trying to um, yeah, find some yeah. worldview
3: that that meshes with your own. Yeah, or, and of course, we're not gonna like preach. We don't no. actually mm-hmm. even agree on. Uh, on, on uh, the, the main issue in, in the game politically, so the, yeah. we're going to try to actually, how do you say it, uh, we're going to try to, um, through different characters, showcase the best possible arguments for these three uh, different factions, you know, yes. um, like, uh, the, the main question, abstractly, is should power be, um, you know, uh, absolute, you know, unchecked absolute power, which would be a uh, Uh, in our current uh, society, like, not such a good idea, you know, people don't really uh, like this idea, of course. Um, But, of course, if you meet the king, uh, he he will do his best to explain why, you know. Well, my son has the best tutors in the kingdom. Uh, He will have uh, absolute power and he will have no reason to be corrupt because uh, he has everything he wants, you know. Uh, He will give you very good arguments. Uh, some of them are arguments from tradition, like, okay, it's, the status quo is not so bad. We are enlightened monarchs. Let's try and uh, bring this society to a better, uh, like, uh, uh, to, to some kind of um, uh, an evolved stage, you know, by guiding it as, as really educated, uh, well-tutored uh, line of kings, you know. Um, and if we uh, allow, I don't know, democracy, especially if uh, it's uh, uh, an unruly mob, maybe this will not happen that way. And then you have Democrats who say uh, things about, uh, you know, checks and balances. You know, who 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 watches the watchers and stuff like that. Uh, and then you have anarchists who actually believe that power, uh, no matter if it's checked or unchecked, if it's concentrated, uh, uh, it 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 turns into tyranny. You know, and uh, and you should probably not give power away to anybody. You know, especially not centralize it. You should have it decentralized, maybe in some kind of uh, small commune, you know, like the Paris one uh, a few hundred years ago, and, and so on. So, these are, uh, this is the central question, of course, yeah. And uh, and we are not going to give the answer, of course. We're <laughs> going to provide the arguments and let the player decide, you know, through his actions, how he wants the game to unfold, yeah. you know.
2: And I think what you said was very important. We'll try to give you the best arguments for these ideas, not against them. There, there have been games where... You know, every side you choose are, frankly, a bunch of assholes and, and people think, oh, this will, this will make uh, the choice, you know, this, this will spread out the player choices as they wish. But what it actually does is, uh, you know, if you're semi-reasonable, you don't want to be part of any faction <laughs> <laughs> because mm-hmm. you, 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 you hold them all in contempt. Uh, hopefully here it will, it will um, be the other way around where you can't quite decide whose stance you like the best um, and not whose stance you like the worst. And right, because everything it's, sounds it's, good. <laughs> it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And, and we, we, we're constantly having uh, uh, some very uh, civil and some less civil discussions. About
3: I remember that this, there's a thing that we didn't uh, mention. So we did mention, of course, that you uh, talk to people, you get uh, uh, some kind of clue or evidence from them, and then you use it in your journal to connect it uh, and make your conclusion. But... Uh, I think uh, equally innovative and original is how you get these clues. So, yeah, you get them by talking to people, but also you just go to a library, for example, mm-hmm. and you uh, ask for a book. You know, this is for me in, in a very abstract way, similar to her story, uh, because you actually, you actually don't know what, uh, uh, what you're looking for. And then you by, by searching for one book and reading uh, about some clues in it, you uh, read a reference to another book, then you ask in the library for this other book and so on. And this this uh, actually leads you down some kind of a scientific rabbit hole until you find this uh, uh, golden, golden piece of evidence that you need that's buried somewhere deep in the library, you know. <laughs> and uh, and then you use this evidence uh, and it's, of course, worth much more than just talking to some uh, person outside the, 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 the marketplace, you know. Uh, that's one, one way to get clues. Another one is uh, maybe this person outside of the marketplace is very old and was here when, uh, I don't know, this village was being built uh, 50 years ago and he could tell you something very important about, I don't know, uh, the current statue that you're investigating and who built it and so on. Um, But he doesn't speak the language. Uh, So he uh, doesn't speak the common tongue. He doesn't speak English, uh, uh, which is like the lion language, (laughs) lionese. Uh, He's a squirrel and he only speaks squirrelies. And uh, and you have to learn this language to talk to him. And there's this little mini game where you go to this uh, owl, and the owl teaches you the language. You first have to learn grammar. You have to learn vocabulary, you know, you have to, like, uh, eavesdrop on other squirrels to get, uh, like, your vocabulary meter up. I mean, I'm I'm,
0: I'm really... There's there's no meter. (laughs) No meter, no meter. (laughs) I'm trying to explain it in in a visual way. That sounds very interesting, though. Like, it sounds more interesting than language classes that I went to. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be, like... um,
3: you know, like those applications that that uh, that you use to Duolingo. learn languages, yeah, Duolingo or something, <laughs> uh, yeah, like that, but even more fun and less real world. You know, it's gonna be like animal runes, and then you have to figure out how to put them in the right order, and then boom, all of a sudden you uh, you finish this thing, and now you suddenly understand square and it's suddenly English again. You know,
2: <laughs> but, but you'll at least you'll have at least two levels of fluency, so you'll have like. <laughs> oh, no, that, I just realized I wanted to say pigeon squirrels.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Bad example. Huh? Bad example. We can't call it like that. But um, a very non-fluent way of talking right. to animals because you just learned the language, and then when you spend a lot of times talking to a lot of time talking to different squirrels in uh, different cities and so on, you slowly become more fluent, and yes. then you speak. It's not like a, like a, uh, you know who built a statue. But you feel like, a, hello, sir, would you mind telling me, do you remember who built this statue? Right? Yeah, and stuff so like that, you know. Um, yeah, that that uh, that's going to be also interesting. So we have researching in the library. We have talking to people. Some of them don't know your language. We also have uh, the, the scientific thing. You have a microscope, you have a camera. You use it on certain things, you know. Um, you have a... Uh, a petri dish. Do I spoil the very cool uh, thing that we have? No, man, no. So <laughs> I, we have a lot of cool fantasy uh, style uh, scientific equipment. What? Uh, is it fantasy? Uh, like, uh, Pseudo science. pseudoscience. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy. I can, not not real science. Um, so, but but yeah, you have to learn how to use these things uh, to get more evidence. So there is so different, so many different mechanics all tacked into this uh, uh, game just to get uh, to the part where you get all the evidence and then you have this big mechanic of combining this evidence into a report. And then you also have this mechanic of actually uh, people reading it and this influences the kingdom, your reputation. There's other people then who uh, who write about your articles, and then they say, "Oh, this Charles, he always puts bad ev- evidence in," and then your reputation goes down. You know, it's like peer review in a scientific <laughs> world, you know? but this is like a like our fantasy version of peer review. So other peers can really like, uh, uh, um, how would you say it? Uh,
2: they can slag you off, frankly. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, so all these mechanics, and there are even more now that I think of it, especially in the later acts. x acts three. Yeah, the exploration. Yeah. yeah, and then the new. Oh yeah, but okay, so it's a, it's a big undertaking mechanically and story-wise, of course. So uh, we gave ourselves a, a, a few years to do it. You know, we started a few months ago, and uh, hopefully the game will be out in uh, 2022. You know, so
0: <laughs> somebody will have m- a while to wait then. But at least you're. You're working on it, you started it, and, um, you know, you're. we see some, you know, story scenes with screenshots and the trailer, which looked great as well. Right. And so, uh, now you mentioned that you didn't know what to call it, That is an RPG, but with no combat, an adventure. But it kind of sounds like, you know, you mentioned Her Story and Papers, Please. And there are people who might also be like, okay, what are they? What type of games are they? Because they're not like anything... People have sure. played before, you know, like in Papers, Please, you're literally working as a, um, you know, the passport control border agent on, on a border, just stamping passports. You know, what type yeah, of game is that? It. <laughs> Maybe um, so, it, 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 it's a poke like. Ha ha. I don't know. <laughs> So, I'm kidding. We, we don't want to get sued by Lucas Pope. Uh, <laughs> like a nice guy, I don't know. I'm, sure, I'm sure he might. I don't think he'd be uh, against it if people started calling games, you know, like Pope, no, <laughs> like no, like. I mean, I'm sure he's very Mike. cool, and I'm sure. sure he would be, but but I, I don't. I think sure, not, yeah. Quite not quite it yet. Um, mm. because there are different elements from different kind of genre. You mentioned RPG, you know, with the quests and then with the mechanics, but then as you just mentioned, it sounds kind of very different. There could to develop into its own genre of things because you know it could be like a publishing scientific journals investigation a scientific investigation genre which could spring up now. Uh, yes, maybe it's um and <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the dawn of a new genre maybe, maybe. yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's a very, uh, maybe it's a dead end that we are <laughs> going to find out <laughs> sooner or later. No, I, I, I don't think so. And then if you you know you mentioned as well, if um, you you don't publish enough evidence and if people then slag you off and your reputation goes down, is it then possible to build your reputation back up during the game later on? Yeah, you just have to keep getting better at uh, writing
3: stuff. Yeah, it's going to be harder, of course, but yeah, you can you can uh, you can uh, do. Uh, small side quests and uh, get back on track, you know, uh, get people's uh, 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 faith in you, uh, uh, you know, back up. Uh, yeah, it's possible, of course, there's going to be enough side quests for people to uh, uh, get out of a crux if they if they really dug <laughs> themselves deep. Um, but uh, uh, we didn't talk a lot about um, uh, uh, art, you know, because actually yes, I you, to ask if, you that. So, if you see the screenshots and the trailer, And uh, a lot of people now on Reddit and so on are complaining that, uh, like, we've been talking so much about the story and the gameplay especially, but uh, this is not, uh, we don't have a gameplay trailer yet, we don't have gameplay really. Uh, This is gameplay in a a very deep alpha, let's say like that, with a very deep uh, level of development, you know, so uh, not yet something to show. But what we do have to show is uh, a lot of um, great pictures, so what we hope for is the game to be uh, released in... uh, 4k, like very high definition graphics. So th- that's taking a lot of uh, our artists time, you know, for a small amount of uh, uh, Profit probably because nobody has this 4k monitors <laughs> anyway uh, But yeah, uh, and, and if people like check it out. It really really reminds people of uh, uh, old classic animation um, uh, with, the, with the beautiful backgrounds with the uh, flat shaded uh, characters who are uh, hand-animated, actually, frame by frame, which is also not normal and usual in, uh, in games. Usually you tween them somehow, you know, you use some digital format, but uh, our animator is actually painstakingly doing the frames than it that uh, take more time to do? You know, that sounds it, like a lot of work. It takes a lot of time, and, but, but it gives some sort of old-timey feel, you know, like watching those old Winnie the Pooh cartoons, you know. Um, and that's what we're going for, you know, a little bit uh, of, like... Um, out of the ordinary, you know, artistically, um, musically also, we're trying to innovate in the musical aspect, um, and, and so on, and so on, yeah. Yeah, um, and our, um, currently our, our
2: background artists are, uh, uh, are f- formerly worked
3: in, in the creation, uh, Ah, in uh, Zagreb film and Croatia film, yeah, and they yeah. worked in, uh, they worked for actually very famous creation uh, cartoons, you know, as background artists, uh, but this is, may be only interesting to people from uh, this area uh, yeah. yeah let's say from the balkans uh, but uh, so but i i like this detail because it's old school meets new school and yeah uh, these people yeah they don't use uh, they don't use uh, uh modern technology like uh, uh, our concept art is cross concept art on paper yes
0: yes <laughs> which so is so, so get scanned back so wow. so there's
2: a, a lot of very uh Really, uh, uh, authentically,
0: all techniques going on in the production. Of yeah, the I thing. mean, yes, <laughs> really. like every frame is drawn. You know, it's, it's, it's really it's it's literally frame analog. by frame. It's very yeah. analog. Yeah. So he literally draws the art on paper. He doesn't yes, use yes. fancy and technology. Then, uh, <laughs> then in, and then uh, we of course the the
3: the, the background artist uh, layers it in Krita, makes the um, mm-hmm. in in in, in a software, you know, makes the paint, uh, puts uh, the brushes and so on. Of course. Um, but yeah, it, it's all a bit uh, old schooly, of course. So of course, the game can't be completely made on paper uh, and have this look that it has now, because you have to have layers, and uh, it has to, uh, things have to be animated, so they have to be uh, separate and so on. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, mostly it's uh,
0: some some aspects of it are very very old school, yeah. Yeah, interesting, and uh, I mean, it was good. Paper was good enough for Leonardo da Vinci, so yes, (laughs) uh, you know, he was able to paint the Mona Lisa without any fancy modern technology, so (laughs) without any computers. So, you never know. (laughs) um, Also, I see that uh, the person who does additional art, to Julia. Uh, and I'm going to make butcher it. her. Yes. Uh, Thank Julen, you, yes. Uh, Thank she, you for helping me
3: there. <laughs> yeah, she she, she it. actually was uh, one of the first uh, people on, on board on the project, you know, uh, even last year. Yeah, last year actually. Um, so really early on we wanted to take someone uh, uh, to draw um, concept art, which we would then use to uh, expand, on, uh, expand on it and make the whole... So she, uh, so for example, probably the, uh, the pictures that really Stick with you the most in the trailer are hers, like uh, the the library scene, uh, or the um, awesome. or the city, or, or or the island with the with the um, birds flying uh, from it. You know, so the, these are hers. So she actually worked on uh, on uh, Pointing click Adventures before uh, for didelic uh, for example. Deponia is most mm. famous.
0: Yeah. Yes, no, uh, that that game, you know, the series looks beautiful as well. So if yeah, yeah. <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> uh you know great great experience as well mm-hmm. yeah, so she, she actually helped us set up uh, let's say a,
3: a visual identity of this uh, project early on you know how the animals look how the kingdom looks uh how the colors work and so on uh but now mostly we, we're using uh yeah very mostly people from uh uh from zagreb film which we mentioned you know uh who, who have a little bit distinct style but uh but it helps to have like a uh, key art it helps to have key art you know uh yeah and, uh, yeah she, it, it was very good you know great uh she actually has very good uh, uh eye for some kind of uh, uh beautiful lush backgrounds you know jungles with like uh thousands of trees and so on you know if you check uh, the screenshots the the jungle scene uh, where the where the three animals are actually uh in, in a canoe in the jungle with all those Lush, weird, fantasy plants. Yeah, that's hers as yeah, well.
0: She, she's very skilled and talented. Yeah. Yes, yes. No, I, I see that. No, it it looks incredible. It looks like, as you mentioned, you know, watching a very high quality animation. It's, um, you. it's, uh, you know, just from the screenshot, it's like, wow, it's you know, very, very detailed. It's very, very colorful, and it's like, okay, I, I want to know more. I want to be there now. Mm-hmm. I want to get involved in this world. Um. So, and um, is, is the game going to be a uh, 2D in the end? Or is it going to be a mixture of 2D and 3D, or how's uh, it going uh, to solely 2D? Solely 2D. Um, all the characters are two-dimensional. It's a side-scrolling
3: game, so you move from left to right. Uh, if it's a city, of course, then uh, the non-linearity, like entering different buildings and so on, uh, uh, goes a little bit like in depth. You know, you go
0: uh,
3: in depth, but this is uh, just. Fake depth. It's actually really 2D, but you have like you enter a different layer. You know. So um, there's a bit of trickery going on, but but it's functionally 2D. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so. Yeah. No 3D models. Nothing like that. You know. Just.
0: just, just, Okay. So just 2D then. And now you mentioned uh, the music as well that you're working on the music as well. And from what I can see, you have a composer working on the music. Is uh, it Fenton Hudson? Yes, Fenton
3: yes. is great. Uh, he was actually here in Zagreb uh, a week ago, um, uh, and we're so happy with him. We're actually yes. having a big uh, trouble, let's say, a big uh, uh, problem trying to find some composer, you know. We spent months on it because what we wanted, you know, was uh, also out of the ordinary. We wanted someone to make uh, programmatic music, you know, adaptive music, which would... Uh, um, and of course adaptive because it's uh, a game uh, so it would change according to what happens you know but uh, also adaptive in the sense of uh, when you're talking to a character and you're men- you mention you mentioned some uh, something like we mentioned anarchy and then uh, we wanted uh, the game to seamlessly uh slide into like an anarchy theme and then have like a musical theme of anarchy playing while you're talking about anarchy and not have it um, in that simplest of always with fade ins and fade outs but we wanted it to be like To sound really like um, thought out and composed, so you have a bridge that goes from the current theme to the the theme that's discussed currently, and this musical bridge uh, ends in a nice way and uh, continues on the theme. And this requires a very skilled composer. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy we finally found him. Not only not only does he have to uh, uh, wiggle through all these rules that we put ourselves, you know, and confines, uh, but also we have this distinct style that we want. Uh, which is some kind of uh, old 19th century like Wagnerian music, you know, like uh, operatic with uh, a lot of orchestra instruments. And uh, knowing how to compose for this is like a feat in itself. And these two feats together are like almost impossible to find. So we had to reach uh, all the way to, to Manchester to find him. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's great. It's great. It's also going to take a long time to make all these uh, different... Uh, Background themes mesh with all the different uh, subject themes that you can talk about, uh, with all the different bridges, when you just combine all the different combinations, you get uh, hours and hours of uh, music that has to be composed. So that's why we
2: got a composer so early in, in, the, in, the, in the whole
3: process, Yeah, because
2: typically music is uh, almost an afterthought.
3: Yeah, yeah, and this is not good, you know. <laughs> Someone
2: gets drawn in in post-production, and now they have to work, you know, within the soundscape of an existing game. Yeah, and something. they usually have some temp music
3: and like, make something like this, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then so, but this doesn't work if
2: if you want if you want the sound of a Wagnerian orchestra. Like, you have to have a composer from. Well, maybe not day one, but day three.
3: (laughs) Yeah, early on. 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 And we're happy to say that we do have a composer early on. And it's going to be, I hope, very, very good. Um, I mean, imagine, you know, you're you're walking around the town and suddenly like uh, a vista appears. I'm always saying the same thing. So, but it's the first time I'm saying it to someone who's not in the office. So, uh, (laughs) and then this vista appears, you know, and it's some island. And you know nothing about this island as a player or maybe even as the character in the game. But then you hear, you know, in the music, a bridge that goes to a theme that is a little bit ominous, you know, a little bit dangerous, and you don't know what's happening, you know. But then, when you talk to some people uh, and they start expressing some uh, uh, anarchic ideas, you hear this theme again. And then you connect in your mind, ah, that island must be a secret hideout of uh, uh, anarchists, you know, probably. So, in this way, music not only, like, uh, uh, heightens the mood and gives, gives you atmosphere, but it also actually informs you in some way, you know, mm-hmm. of the story, more than more than maybe words itself, you know, great.
0: So, it's so part of the story then as well, it's part of the narrative, you can kind of, you know, see well, the I mean, part of the story. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. yes, intertwined. Music... Uh, uh graphics uh gameplay
0: uh, story we're trying to make it like really like everything connected you know mm-hmm. yeah no because it's uh sounds like you w- wanted some very specific things with the music as well that you mentioned so um and F- fenton i believe he won few awards i believe on the website, he won the Ralph Vaughan Williams Award as well. He won different awards. Yeah, that's one of them. That, well, so he, that's yeah, one,
3: uh, several. Yeah, yeah. He's he's very talented.
2: Yes, and, and he he seems to really understand the, the project, uh, which is uh, which is always uh, often often uh, an issue uh, to get someone who, who will, you know, in, a, in in no time get it, <laughs> grok it. And he does. So, yeah, I was very pleased. Yeah, sure, he, yes.
3: yeah he flew over here and spent a week just uh, digging through the whole musical ideas and so on and figuring out, oh, how should this city feel? How should this character feel? You know, I mean, that's uh, that's a really good way to start at it, you know? Like, really getting to know the whole story uh, in detail and, and, then, and then working on music, you know? Um, yes. Yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> yes, because as you mentioned, it's always better when people you know composers and the developers work together rather than having someone coming in at the last minute and uh you know adding music as an afterthought as you mentioned but this time it's uh the composer is from very early on as you mentioned he came over there and he's working very closely with you guys so uh and with this very specific type of music that you guys want as well um so that's good to hear and then there is a a narrator in the trailer. There is a you know voice actor. Uh, will there be voice acting in the game itself? Uh, so uh, we're probably.
2: So the answer is no, but it's it's a no with, with an ellipsis at, at the end. Um, uh, it, it, it's fine as well, by the way. <laughs> uh, there might be a few voice uh
1: characters who are the, the very important ones yeah in some cutscenes we might have some uh, voice acting for these very important uh parts of the story yes that we really want to emphasize and to the players say this is important please listen to this yes uh but i don't think we will uh, voice every tiny character in the game no th- th- that would definitely not that would break the budget of a triple a company
2: <laughs> right We'll, we'll have an absurd amount of text.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. Uh, so, yeah, you're correct. Even, even, even huge companies couldn't afford hundreds of thousands of uh, lines of. Uh, red this dialogue. would blow
2: a hole in the pocket of Blizzard. I mean, it is <laughs> no, so, no, definitely so. not. So, probably not.
3: We're uh, just gonna right. do what all the RPGs do, which have like uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, words. They just uh, have certain sentences spoken just for you to get the feel of the character, and then you keep on reading. Yes, you know? Yes. Yes.
2: Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm just, uh, I'm a bit disappointed that we didn't have a very original answer to this question. Like, no, no,
0: no, that's,
2: that's fine, <laughs> because... I, <laughs> the word will be voice-acted. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, 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 no it, it'll, it'll, it'll uh, depend on our financial capability. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's probably the right approach, because there's... I think the first thing is the dialogue and the story. You know, make sure the dialogue is good, make sure the story is good and engaging and interesting. And then afterwards, uh, you know, whatever voice acting you can get if you can, because good voice acting can certainly help elevate a game, but then bad voice acting can bring down a game. And then if there's a lot of dialogue, as you mentioned, like in other RPGs, most of them probably don't have voice acting for uh, all the characters as well, because it would break the budget, unless it's a super triple or yeah. a quadruple A title, <laughs> yeah. like I don't know Cyberpunk or something with Keanu Reeves in it. But not everyone has that that budget no. to be able um, to get that.
2: But now that you mention it, there is another. There's a creative issue with with hiring voice actors. Voice actors they do <laughs> they have a hard job, and often not a lot, not a lot of time to do it and once they've performed your text there there are no edits to be made so uh, unless they're literally cutting out part of it so uh, you know the, the moment you hire voice actors is the moment the writer has to stop writing and we actually hope to be able to make minor tweaks and adjustments in tone and and, and style up to the very end right because you know uh, to avoid these Common issues where um, a certain part of the project gets locked in, and you know, and you're, you, and while you still have the time to to correct some mistake that you know only now appears uh, obvious, uh, you know the moment has passed. So so we'll be able to tweak um, we'll be able to tweak the writing up
3: to. Well, almost up to release. Yeah. This yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, a concrete example would be you're in Act uh, 3 of the game, which is uh, near the end, and then you uh, uh, add a certain uh, thing that you think, ah, oh, this would be good if it were foreshadowed in Act 1. Yes. And then what? You're going to change text, but you already have voice acting for uh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: that, that,
2: that, that's
3: <laughs> stuff like that, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that <laughs> I mean, basic stuff.
2: Basic stuff. Um, sure. Yeah, and, uh, and it is another cool. So we will definitely for the important important conversations we'll have voice actors. We don't know who, or how, or, or how. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who
3: or how. <laughs> it's know, still early. We you still have time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep, uh, that's that's uh, that's also like a point of contention. Uh, we, uh, for uh, for a, a title of such uh, like a grand ambition, uh, we don't have a publisher yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that uh, that might help with some issues. You know, maybe they just uh, throw money at us and say. <laughs> Hire voice actors guys. Yes,
2: and, and then wow. and then I guess we will hire voice actors. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if
3: this happens, um, yeah. But um, uh, just Fiverr. Just Fiverr. Fiver. We'll just <laughs> have people on Fiverr. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> actually, the uh, trailer voiceover was a guy we found actually on Fiverr. Yes. Yeah. He's a uh, yes. he does uh, a voices, uh, but then we explained to him this guy who should be saying, uh, yeah, it was a great, great experience, you know. Yes. I usually don't like this uh, idea of Fiverr, of people mm. up for $5, but, um, but it really paid off. Yeah, you can find actually a good professional person there. With, with yes. the, actually, we did pay a fine professional price for him. Mm. You know? um, and, and yeah, it's, and, and he did a good job. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a great service for this,
2: actually. I mean, I, now I think that it's, it's it's quite a good idea. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. I mean, for, for a small indie company for the first teaser trailer, uh, I don't think we would, uh, yeah, it's, seriously consider paying people on Fiverr to do, you know, the voice acting of a five-minute scene.
0: <laughs> well, I, th- I thought he was good. Um, yeah. I thought, you know, he was part of the team. So, but yeah. you'd already decided. on. So, No, it was. It was good. English is good enough. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you can, you can, you know, it's a bit weird. If, uh,
2: uh, well, no, actually, it's a bit weird if. if uh, if your king suddenly has a Slavic
3: accent, <laughs> it throws you for a loop. Um, <laughs> we didn't want this experience for the for the viewer.
2: <laughs> you know, we do need a Brit for this one.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, that that sounds, sounds good. Um, okay, so we'll find out more depending if we get a publisher or not, and if they throw money at you for voice actors, then maybe. But yeah, no, then it's. Uh, you know, it sounds good as well if you want to focus on the dialogue. I mean, that's that's what I think is the most important. Yeah. Is as you mentioned, you want to change it, you know, or tweak it later on. Um, now, I also see that you are using open source engines, I believe. Now, I'm not very technical, but I believe it's uh, a <laughs> it's, it's it's a big thing from what I can see that you're using. Like the pronunciation could be bad on my book, Godo. Uh, Game engine and Inkle and Krita. Now I've heard of Inkle, uh, but what can you tell us uh, about these? So, imagine—is it Piet that they are another pointing at you?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. So, what's the question? Uh, why are we using this? Or yeah. Or? So,
0: for, so for example, what? Well, first, what are you using, and then what are they for? So, um, and yeah. So, why are you using these?
1: Okay. So, uh, uh, software. We are using uh, Ink. Which is like a format uh, devised by Inkle Studios, we, which are most well known for Heaven's Vault, uh, mm-hmm. Sorcery, uh, Eighty Days Around the World, all uh, very uh, core story-driven games. Uh, and their devices format, and they uh, they made it open source, which and this is a really nice format to write dialogues in. So it's very easy for a writer to work in, mm-hmm. and. It's very easy uh, to put this in, uh, in the program so that it can be uh, used in the game. Uh, then we have Krita, of course, which is a, a painting program, which is of, to make uh, all these beautiful backgrounds. Uh, and then we have, of course, uh, Rodol, which is uh, the game engine to, uh, well, to code in and to make everything come together, hopefully. Uh, so why we, did we choose this? Uh, well, uh, uh, we just, we, uh, well, we wanted to prove that uh, it's actually possible to do this in uh, current times, to use a fully uh, free and open source approach. And there are uh, you know, different advantages to this. One of the advantages is, uh, a big advantage, in my opinion, is that, uh, well, if there is a missing feature or a bug or whatever, you can actually just go to the source code and uh, implement it yourself without, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's easy, but it's also not uh, not impossible.
3: Whereas in proprietary software, like which uh, a lot of people use, you know, um, you're just locked out. If there's a feature missing, uh, you just have to wait until the uh, next update of uh, the engine and hope that the developers think that this is important enough to fix in the next update. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which could be never. Which could theoretically be never. You know, because you're a small indie studio doing some niche thing, and uh, they just don't care about you. Uh, which is where open source and community really comes into play, you know. We uh, uh, open source uh, uh, some of the tools that we make for Godot and we use other people's tools that are open sourced. Um, For example, the library is, I don't know how technical we want to get, but uh, the library is in SQL, you know, so uh, you go to a library to research, you know, and all the books and authors and everything, it's in some kind of an SQL format in a database, you know. And uh, we made, uh, uh, Pete made the, uh, uh, an SQL scale plugin for Godot. You know, and other people can use it, uh, upgrade it, and so on. And uh, like the community as a whole, actually benefits from this. You yes. know, and if we made a, a, a relatively successful game using only open source, this would really, uh, it would be like a proof of concept. You know, like you can do this. You don't need Unity. You don't need uh, uh, Photoshop. Uh, you don't need uh, to. to, to play with these uh, big corporations
0: and, can just pay and pay them, yes.
3: <laughs> you, you can do it with the power of uh, the open source community. You know.
0: Yes. Yeah. That sounds good because that way as well you all help each other and developers help, so any improvements you guys make, other developers can come along and take advantage then, and then you guys as well from improvements other people make.
3: Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's not only about... This, this fin- finances are the least important, so uh, nice. To prove that this is not important to us, we are actually sponsoring Krita. So we're, we're one of the official sponsors of Krita. We're uh, also like mini-sponsors of Godot and their Patreon. We're also sponsors of Inc. Uh, and also on Patreon and so on. So it's really not about money. It's about the... Right. Yeah.
0: Right. To demonstrate as well, it can be done with open source uh, software. Yes. Yeah. So... Okay. And uh, now we've really had a, had a lot uh, about this game. You mentioned there's be lots of dialogues, and uh, you know, a, you mentioned it's going to be a relatively long game we're trying to make as well. Um, do you mm-hmm. know more more or less? Because I, know, you know, this question I know can be a bit, you know, tricky because it can depend on how how the player plays and that. But do you know how long more or less it might take players? To play either the main quest or the main main story, or you know, between what and what hours, or is or what you're aiming for, or is is it still too early?
1: Well, bust, uh,
0: twenty hours, right? Um.
2: Yeah. So uh, this is like with all the caveats in place, as in, exactly uh, this is not you know this tested. Is not, this has not been tested. This is not the official stance and all that stuff. It's still
0: very very early.
2: Yeah, I think we're looking between twenty and thirty. I, yes. I think that's, that's a long time that's for the yes. main story is it
3: yes i mean
2: this
3: is uh so i say this is for the game itself you know with some of the side quests and so yeah. on and then you finish it in the end
2: so uh yeah i mean this this puts it uh well s- somewhere on the lower end of of like crpgs but not like not but on the high end of adventure games on the high end of adventure games which brings us to our you know so um but we'll really see uh, i mean i I don't think i don't think we'll be able to answer this question even when when we're finished to be honest (laughs) we'll just have someone in the
1: marketing department decide on whatever length of time sounds. yeah we'll just release it and then uh, check your how long does it take to beat Dot yeah, yeah, yeah. com and then see how long are we going <laughs> yeah, yeah. <to> beat on <laughs> average for people? So, because we, I mean, yeah.
2: But but it, it's it's going to be a a, a a a proper length game. It's going to be a feature length game, you know. Um, so um, it's not a small. Indie, it's not going to be a small indie title for you know. You can pass it in an afternoon. It, it it'll take a while. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's fair
1: to say. To goal, but. Yeah. Uh, Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, And uh, now you mentioned before as well that this game will be, well, you're aiming for release sometime in 2022, which is still a while away. But is there anywhere that we can find out about the development of the game, about more of this game, or do we have to go to a library and do research and then publish journals to see if <laughs> we can <laughs> find out more about this game and see, see uh, if this game exists or is it a myth? Sir? Uh, I don't I, know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> uh, I know, no, no uh, that's brilliant.
2: Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, please, Alex, give us the, give us, uh, give the man the
3: the. Where where can they find us? All right, so the websites and so on, Yes. Um, you can just type uh, tripthearcfantastic.com or even simpler, arcfantastic.com or even simpler, uh, game-chuck.com, which is the company website and then just uh, go from there. We have uh, all our accounts, you know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, I don't know, Instagram, Discord. Uh, Discord. Discord is a good one where we actually yes, talk yes. all the time with people and people ask us uh, to spoil everything and we do it. <laughs> so
0: uh,
2: there's uh, a small growing community there and we're like very easily
0: uh, well, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah.
3: bewitched and, and uh, convinced to, to reveal things. So yeah, I think this is the best option. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, just just uh, find GameChuck on any channel like just Google it or something. <laughs> and, uh, and then from from there on uh, you're, uh, you're going to easily find a way to con- connect with us and
1: yeah so the goal is also to have a, a blog post every week. On uh, Friday, about some aspects of the game, about development that is going on, and to describe like what are we trying to do, uh, how far did we come along uh, doing this and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, so we're we're going to. Uh... We have this idea like every week we're going to post some uh, lore tidbits about this world that we're building, some also, screenshots yeah. and some blog uh, about the development and so on. Because we've been talking to the, with you like for over an hour and uh, we've scratched the surface on a lot of teams, but uh, mm-hmm. people are definitely going to be uh, wanting to hear more about each one of these things, you know. So, yeah.
2: So, yeah, we'll basically have a quite an open development cycle these two years. You know, people will be able to check in and... Um, and I've, I think you guys just wrote the first blog post about implementing Inkle, right? Yeah, it's not Inkle. out yet,
3: but tomorrow yeah, I think. Spoilers.
2: We'll... Spoilers. Sorry, <laughs> but it, it'll come out. So it'll, it'll include, you know, yes. developer I mean, uh, themes and certainly something about the story. By the
3: time you're... this uh, this interview comes out, we'll have probably five yes. or six. Yeah, so.
0: probably. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I right. mean. I mentioned that it'll be you know quite, you know a while before the game's release, but actually for about two years for a game of this scope and this ambition is really not not a lot of time. Because I've spoken to some developers who have been working for ten years on their games. Oh, but we're, we're working full time. Uh, oh, yeah, fantastic. Yes, so you're yes, working full. All of you are working full time on this yes, game. Yes. yes oh, we are, wow. Uh, that's how that's how we actually spend
3: the money we got from uh, the funds and so on. You know, yeah. uh, by employing ourselves and uh, working full time to make this. Otherwise, it would be definitely ten years or so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: but uh, it, it so it's it, it's a luxury that we're
0: uh, yeah we using to the full extent. Yeah. A
3: real company, you know, we have an office that we're in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see that.
0: I can see that. I can I can confirm. <laughs> Help now, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, that's good. And you also have a newsletter that people can subscribe to as well as a development blog. And you mentioned Twitter and Discord as well and all social media. And um, no, well, look, I am really looking forward to this. This game has jumped up my, uh, you know, to playlist once it's out. Because it's, it sounds fascinating. It sounds because I'm always very interested as well in something that sounds different. You know, I love point and click adventure games. That uh, you know, more traditional types as well. But I'm also really, really interested in games that where you can't pinpoint the genre. Like, what we mentioned, with Papers, Please or Her Story or games like that. And this game, I'd say, definitely is there. That um, you know, we don't, we we can't pigeonhole it into any genre nearly. <laughs> But um, but it sounds like you guys are putting a lot of work into, well, every aspect of the game and the world building and the narrative as well and the story. and So I really can't wait to, to play and, you know, to see how the game develops as well. And, yeah, so I think that's all the questions. that I, I mean, I could spend hours speaking with you guys, but <laughs> maybe I'll go to Croatia sometime and... <laughs> yeah, if you do, spend... definitely call us up. Yeah, uh, De- definitely. Yeah, if, if definitely. I mean, if I'm in King's Landing, sorry, I had to get it in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, it's not, hopefully, it's not been burnt down too badly. <laughs> no, I, I, I still can't believe they built this whole place just for the show.
2: <laughs> it's oh, great, man.
3: Oh, well, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, so and, uh, uh, but... and any fan that uh, happens to listen to your podcast and wants to meet us, we're in Zagreb. Not as fancy as Dubrovnik or King's Landing, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's still it, the it, capital. But they're around. We're still, we're still, we
2: still have so, so, so few fans that this is not a dangerous suggestion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this, we'll never uh, well, we'll
0: know. We'll <laughs> let you know
2: in a year if, if this offer still stands. you know. Cut this
0: part. Cut this part. <laughs> if, if we're batting away, you know, uh, groupies. Could uh, <laughs> have a mob of people oh. now standing yeah, yeah. on your office. <laughs> <laughs> zero people pouring in <laughs> oh no I will I'll definitely see if I can go to Zagreb in the, within the next two years to, to check up on you guys see how it's going
1: sure. and right. uh,
0: see if I can and uh, so before we finish Dan, is there anything else that you guys would like to mention or say to people listening or anybody else like a goodbye notes. Well, it's I'm always <laughs> If you want to say goodbye as well, that's probably. Please, uh, right. I
3: usually, should end with a call to action, right? Yes. Uh, please, guys, uh, follow us on all those social channels and add yourself on Discord and so on. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. yes, yes, yes. To follow these guys and when yeah, you have to. You yeah, if if these people, you know, don't want to
3: uh, follow us, you know, they, they they're just not that kind of uh, gamer, you know, because I wasn't. I just wanted to. Uh, Uh, Download my game, preferably illegally, because I was a student, and uh, just play it, you know, uh, and I didn't care about this stuff. But uh, yeah, just send us a mail then, you know, uh, what do you think, uh, maybe what's interesting to you and so on. Uh, Feedback is also great, you know, your trailer sucked. It's okay, you know, we we uh,
0: won't call it against
3: you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <for a laughs> yeah, be, be nice. At least you know constructive criticism if there is any. But no, for for me it looks great. And uh and I wish you guys the very, very best of luck with the game and with the development and I'll be keeping an eye out on it. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people will, will as well. I know Thomas and Laura was part of the podcast, when I showed that when I sent the link to the trailer, they were both immediately impressed, so I know they'll be keeping an eye on it as well. And, uh, and I really look forward to finding out more. So thank you so much for uh, having joined me for the interview. Thank you for having us. So that was my interview with GameChuck. And they spoke to me about their game development trip, The Ark. Fantastic. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to learn more about this game, you can find out more about it in tripthearchfantastic.com. You can also subscribe to a newsletter from them and also join through Discord and follow them on Twitter and Facebook as well to find updates on their development of the game. So and a huge thank you once again to GameChuck for speaking with me and I do hope that I can get to go and visit them sometime within the next year or two hopefully in croatia so that is it for this week next week i will as always be joined by thomas and laura as we will be reviewing and discussing the latest adventure games that we have been playing so until then take care everyone goodbye If you like the Adventure Games Podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for Adventure Game Developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter. At Advent Game Pod, you can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who